Welcome to the Road to Wellville podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Terrell. Together, we will explore our own wellness journeys, nurturing body, mind, and spirit. Join me as I talk to top wellness professionals from all over the world with a wide range of backgrounds and specialties. I invite you to discover, discuss, and design your own path on the road to Wellville. Welcome, listener. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Elizabeth King. Elizabeth King is a life coach who works with both men and women in a variety of areas. She really focuses in on helping her clients with the journey of fertility, dealing with miscarriages, and also those first days and months of new parenthood, which I think is um, a very, very important time in life. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to chat with you today and get to know you better. I know that you, like I said, you help men and women in a wide range of areas, but today I really want to take a deep dive into your own story of healing and fertility and learn more about how you help and support others. Sure. Happy to be here. Thank you. So um, I'd like to start by kind of going back to the beginning. I know that you have um, a very interesting story, like I mentioned before, of your own um, healing and fertility. So I was wondering um, if you could tell us a little bit more about your early um, journey in fertility and if there were any events or situations that put you on this path towards coaching. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. So my true fertility path, I feel like started um, in my late 20s when people around me who were in their 40s kept saying, you know, I'm struggling to get pregnant, just words around the office that I was hearing, which I had never really heard much of before. Um, And then I had my divorce at age 30. So at age 30, after hearing everything around the office again, people had encouraged me to go freeze my eggs. So that was my first kind of knock on the door at the fertility experience and doctor. And at that age, the doctor had said, you're too young, eggs don't really, that's not really a good option for you right now. They don't freeze well, they don't thaw well. Mind you at this point, that's a different story now. Um, Come back to us later if you still are in this position down the road. So. 36 years old, spent my whole 30s single, knocking on the door again. Okay, still no partner. Um, I think I'm getting to the point where I would need to do this. And so he said, okay, you're right. It's, you know, still not a a great option compared to embryo freezing, um, but it's better than nothing. It was kind of the insurance policy. Um, So I did that. And then I fast forward to age 39 and my periods had started to change all of a sudden. They were super heavy. Um, I went to my OB, they did an ultrasound and noticed that I had fibroids Um, and pretty much blew me off to say, they're small, it's not a big deal, you're fine. So now at 39, mind you, just had met my future husband, literally, and had thought, I still want to be able to use my uterus and I just want to make sure that everything is fine. So I knocked on his door again, the fertility guy and said, can you please take a look at this? My OB said, everything is fine. I don't really know that that's true. Um, And he looked and he said, you're right. It's not fine. Where they are 
um, located in your uterus is exactly where you would need to be having implantation. So that would prevent you from having getting pregnant. Um, so I say that to many people just to listen to your own intuition and your body and, you know, push and push and push. If you feel like you're not getting the right answer of what you kind of know, something is up with your own body. Absolutely. Um, so he recommended me to go to a gynecological oncologist, um, knowing that they would be very specific to care for the surgery of the, um, the uterus, knowing not to damage it. Um, which again, I also recommend for people that are doing any sort of, um, if they have cysts on their ovaries or, you know, anything with their uterus, we just want to make sure, obviously, if you're at an age where you want to be having children in the future or now, you, you want the best person to be dealing with all of that stuff. Um, so I recommend that. And then, so I did that and that was a few months down the line at this point. Now I am 40. And I had my, I think it was about six months to heal from that experience and that um, surgery. And right at that point, the doctor had said, again, given your age, if I were you, I would start trying. So at this point, we were just engaged, started trying, and um, we ended up getting pregnant at that point. So through that experience is when I realized that, and there's more down the line to that, but the fact that the advocating and the um, the great delta of the information that we are given versus what we need to know about our reproductive health and, and how that affects our bodies. Um, and then also after my first miscarriage, I was having my DNC and the the drape next to me, the couple was doing their first egg retrieval for their IVF. So we were at our lowest low as a couple, absolutely devastated. And they were super excited about their future. And that was kind of my light bulb moment to know this is where I need to put my focus for my coaching from now on is helping couples through that emotional journey of fertility and what that looks like. So that's yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and I, it's kind of been a theme on this podcast about this advocating for yourself, taking responsibility for your own health, um, yeah. as amazing as doctors are, um, and Western uh, medicine, um, you know, it's all, you're always the one that's in charge of your health and your life. And like you said, you know, if you don't like what one person's saying, maybe go see someone else and wanting always the best for that, um, so I just wanted to know, and you were talking about, you know, yourself being that, um, that woman going through your miscarriage, and then you're seeing these people who are just going through their IVF, um, mm -hmm. their initial IVF moments. So I was just wondering, you know, what do you wish you knew when you were back there starting on, on your journey? What are some things, anything else besides being an advocate for yourself that you would, you would tell someone who may be starting on that journey themselves right now? Oh my gosh, so much. I feel like I was, you know, we don't, we're not taught any of this stuff in school about our bodies and ovulation and how it works. And, you know, if you're really serious about conceiving, what do you need to do for that? You know, there really is very few days during a month that you can conceive. And I didn't know that going into it. You know, I, I learned all this as I went along. And so I think starting that process would just be the fact that what you do do in your 
day-to-day life and what you ingest in your body does matter to your reproductive health um, as far as what you intake, your supplements, your working out, all of those things, and to really get to know your cycles. You know, I wish I knew that early on to say, okay, that, that feeling that I'm having right now, uh, that's ovulation, you know, I didn't really know that until I needed to know that. Um, and your temperature fluctuations during the month and all of that sort of stuff. So for me, I think that's what it would be. Also the awareness that it is so common. So one in eight couples suffer from infertility and one in four have a miscarriage. So when I was going through both, I didn't realize that those were the numbers. Um, you know, if you look out at, you know, eight people and four people and think about that, it's very common, but neither of those things are really talked about too much. They're starting to become more and more talked about now, but, you know, going through it and you really feel like you're alone and nobody else is dealing with it. I think the social media channels are helping to spread the awareness for people to not feel so alone. Um, but I wasn't really into that at the moment when I was going through them. So it's that I, I felt like the support was I really think you definitely serve a purpose in that support. And, um, so I kind of wanted to go into, um, exactly how, how do you support women who have gone through a miscarriage and, or even a family, cause it's not just the woman, you know, the husband yeah. and also, um, maybe other children if they're involved too. So could you tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, what are your, some of your practical takeaways or how you support women, uh, who specifically have gone through a miscarriage? Yeah, definitely. So I'm actually just launching my mini course of Mamas After Miscarriage next week to help women as kind of a grab and go that if this is happening to them, they can have this on hand to work through it as they need to, because sometimes you're just in such shock that you don't really even have the wherewithal to get out to see a coach or a therapist or whatever. And this way they can just download it and do it on their own time as well as a 30-day support plan that includes affirmations, journal prompts to really help you work through the healing about, you know, how did I feel when I started my pregnancy journey? How did I feel when I got that positive test? How did I feel when I realized, you know, I wasn't pregnant anymore and all of those things. And it really just helps them process and get through the healing process a little bit easier and also by connecting with other women that are going through it. The one thing I would say for the families and for the women who have their spouse along with them is don't underestimate how this is affecting everybody else around you too. We get so caught up in this is happening to me and what my body is going through and everything, rightfully so. It, it's very traumatic in many, many ways. And everyone around us is just trying to help and they don't know how to help. And so opening that conversation about how you're feeling and you know, physically and mentally just helps them along the way to, to be there for you. And that's really what I find most often is the spouses and the partners, they just wanna be there to help. They just wanna make it better. They just wanna see a smile on their face again. And to get through that time, it depends, you know, everybody's different. So for one, couple, it may be a week for another, it may be six months. And some of that also depends on when you experience your loss. You know, is it a chemical pregnancy? Is it a 
you know, a mid-pregnancy or a late pregnancy loss, um, or even a stillbirth for that matter. And all of those timings are going to come into play with how that works. And so what I tell them is really keep that communication open, seek help, whether that's from a coach or, you know, someone at your church or whatever, please, please, please do not feel like you're alone and do not feel like you are broken because you are not, and you will heal from this, but you really do. It does help to, to do the work in order to help your body heal mentally as well as physically because a spiritual aspect is going to be lingering for a long time and and listening to you talk makes me realize too about how it's you know it's this grief but Mm -hmm. it's a unique type of grief because you know if you're trying to conceive again you know you sometimes you might feel like you're on this timeline so you you're feeling this grief but you're also maybe feeling this pressure to continue um down your conception path, which I I can imagine presents its own um, problems while you're dealing with your grief and while you're trying to heal. Absolutely. And that's actually the exact situation that I was in um, because of my age. I didn't have the time to wait around and and kind of really process it the way that I should have processed the loss um, because I didn't have the time. I was you know, at this time, 42 years old. So I knew if I knew I wanted to expand my family more, I needed to get on it again, Um, which is hard in some ways and good in other ways. And again, that depends on each person. For some people, it's good because they just focus on moving forward. And some, they feel like they never really grieve to the full extent that they need to, because they're so busy of, okay, what's my next appointment? What do I need to do next? And, and whatnot. So it, again, I always say everybody is so individual in this. Um, one thing I think that does help for everybody is having some sort of remembrance or significant moment or planting a tree or something so that they can have that time to really reflect on all that that meant to you. I always say, you know, your story starts as soon as you get that positive pregnancy test, right? In your head, you're like, what is my family going to look like? What do, do I need a new car? Do I, you know, all the things start rolling through your head as soon as you get that pregnancy test. And then it's feels like it's ripped from out from under you in a matter of moments. So doing the healing work to acknowledge all the feelings along the way is really important in, in, in filling the hole in your heart from that loss. Absolutely. And I wanted to kind of transition then from what we're talking about the miscarriage to those who are maybe trying to get pregnant, um, whether they're younger or older, do you have any practical takeaways as far as building, um, fertility health? Yes. So I have a laundry list of, um, you know, workouts that you may be able to use, supplements that you want to make sure that you're taking, just that they help to um, keep your egg health in as good of quality as you can. Now, some people, everybody's different. So somebody who is 35 could have eggs that are the age of a 20-year-old and vice versa. So you kind of get what you get when you're born, but they are able to kind of not regenerate for lack of a better term, but you can improve the quality a little bit depending on what you're taking and what you're doing with your lifestyle. Um, 
but as well, I really would love for everybody to tune into their body. So if that's taking their basal temperature every morning for a while, even before you're really trying, um, just to get an idea of, okay, what does my body feel like today? What day am I in my cycle? Um, knowing that, you know, if your cycle's shorter versus longer, what does that mean to, to you and to your egg quality generally? Um, those are some of the things that I would say if somebody's trying to conceive to kind of get their head around before they really dive into it. And, or if you're already doing it, just do it a little bit more closely, write it down. So you see the patterns yeah, of your body really good advice, kind of getting to know your body. I think that's good advice in a mm -hmm. lot of different ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> like in on your health, uh, holistically in general. Um, I also, I know that you also work with um, new moms and new parents mm -hmm. um, as far as kind of getting to know what it's like now. Okay. Now I'm a mom. Now what? Yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about how you support um, those, the new parents? Yeah, I did want to add though, too, when you mentioned back to the holistic, and I really focus on that a lot because of some gut issues that I had um, previous, that if you have any underlying thyroid issues or autoimmune stuff or gut health things, please make sure that you're looking at the big picture of your health because that does affect your fertility as well. Some doctors may tell you that it doesn't, but if you really think about it, if your body is kind of aligned and healthy, then you're at least knowing what you're dealing with. If there's something that's off, it's probably going to throw everything else off. Um, so that goes back to being your own advocate to say, you know, I don't feel comfortable taking this medication that you may say, or I don't know if that's something else that it, I may need to. So really look at the larger view of your overall health, as well as your mental health. I always say self-preservation, look at your life of what's causing you stress because your cortisol levels, your adrenals, all of those things definitely play a role in your fertility. As well. Yeah. Just recently I was talking to a nutritionist and she was talking about her dad um, and some of his health challenges, you know, and she was like, we hiked all the time growing up. Like we always had the best diet, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you know, he was this high level, um, I think he was a principal in a school district and he was just so stressed all the time, you know, and yeah. she's like, now when I look back at it, I just realized we didn't realize how much the stress was playing on it. So yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's definitely key to keep in mind too. And it can be so stressful to be going through all this stuff, especially if you're working and, you know, all the other things of life have other children, right? It's like, Remember, yeah, it takes some time. People don't realize the effects that stress plays in your fertility journey. Um, there's lots of studies that have been done that have said if you're doing cognitive work alongside of your fertility, you have a 60, 50 to 60% chance of more likely getting pregnant than you do if you don't. And as women, we have more stress now than we ever have, and especially during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and so doing that work to make sure that your stress level is in check, whether that's working with a therapist or a coach or whatever it may be, really making sure that that matters to you because it does matter in your fertility journey, as well as to your, your future baby, you know, they take on the cells that you have. So, you know, it used to be that, um, OBs would say, what are you doing? What are you eating? What are you drinking type of thing? And it really should be, how is your stress level? How is that stress level going to affect the baby inside of you? Because they now know that that is passed on to, 
to infants or in utero. So, so good, good push, excuse so. to just relax when you're pregnant, right? Like, yes. hey, <laughs> I'm going to yes. order out tonight because. <laughs> yes, yes. And even before, you know, mm-hmm. setting your body yeah. up to, to get to a, a level where it's even keel and not up and down. Because I think some people, want, they say, when I do get pregnant, then I will you know, start to slow down in my job or whatever. But the reality is those cells are already in your body. You want to make sure that you are living the life that you want to have already as much as possible. I know it's not always possible, but so that your body is aligned with where you want to be going. I love that. I love that we're talking about this right now. That's something that I wish I knew before I had gotten pregnant. I know during my pregnancy, my first pregnancy for sure, it was probably the first time I let myself nap during the day. Mm -hmm. I was always so type A. I was always go, go, go. And then once I was pregnant, I was like, well, it's okay for me to take a nap because I'm pregnant. You know, like I wish I had given myself that permission before, you know, (laughs) it was was much more productive anyways, but yeah, that is a key. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself and allowing yourself those things you know, even way before you become pregnant, just to get yourself really tuned in to, you know, like you said, the energy that you want to have and the cells yeah. that you want to have and you want to yeah. pass on. I always to- tell my clients that are trying to conceive, I'm going to treat you as though you are pregnant. So mm-hmm. we're going to do all the things as if you were, as far as lifestyle, meditation, journaling, alcohol, caffeine, all of those things, because my goal is for you to get pregnant. So let's, let's start and get in that mindset. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh Um, so I know a little bit about you, Elizabeth, you told a little bit about your story. Um, uh, could you tell us a little bit more? I know that, um, you were more corporate and then you kind of transitioned into some different kinds of coaching that you were doing while you were, um, you know, in your fertility, fertility journey. And then that kind of inspired you to really focus on working with families that are working with fertility. Um, so could you tell us a little bit more about your transition in your career and how, you know, how you became inspired to really coach in the way you are right now? Yes. So my, I have had a event marketing business for 20 years that focuses on software companies in the high-tech industry. So I've worked with some of the biggest, um, software companies in the world actually. And that has been fantastic. When I was 30 and I went through my divorce, I realized going through that therapy during that period of time that when we would leave the therapist's office, my ex-husband would say that felt like divorce therapy. And I was like, you know what? He's right. You know, they're not really giving us any tools to bring us together. And that really didn't feel good because we were willing to put the time in. We loved each other. We wanted to try to figure this out. So that led me to, um, doing coaching myself and really as a alternative to therapy for people. So giving them actual tools of like, okay, are we going through a divorce? Are we trying to lose weight? What are the things that we can say um, we want to work towards? I'm very much, tell me what to do and ABC to get to D and I'll do it, you know? So that's really where the, the coaching focus was. So I had had kind of two things going for the last 10 years um, with this event marketing business, as well as the coaching. And the coaching was always kind of a side love passion that I would do. Now, when the fertility started to come on board in my own life and realizing that light bulb moment that I really need to be helping and serving and supporting women and families that are going through this, it was, you know, I still had 
the other business that was going and I wasn't really focused so much on the coaching as much as I really had wanted to. Well, fast forward to 2020, um, I had just had my last baby and, you know, a couple months after that, COVID hit. So all of a sudden, all of my corporate stuff was pretty much put on hold. And that took me, a, honestly, a couple of months to say, okay, this is the universe's way of saying, this is where your heart is. This is where you're going to serve the world and send the message to this planet. It's time for you to do this now, you know? And so as, as easy in some ways as it is, because that's where my passion, my love is, it was also a big change to say, okay, I need to walk away from this and really focus on the coaching and serving this community as much as I possibly can and letting my voice be heard to help others. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been an interesting transition. I've, I've had the similar sure. um, experience where I'm also a teacher, um, but you know, things have changed with COVID and I, and I um, had, had launched this website and I had dreamed of launching this podcast and I had, um, had done a few interviews, but once COVID hit, I was like, oh my gosh, people need this way of like connecting with coaches um, and other uh, wellness professionals, um, especially like in this space of um, like online and distance yeah. because of COVID now. And I think it's going to continue that way because I love the fact that like you can be in Orange County, we can be in Orange County and you can help somebody in New York. You can help somebody yeah. in London. You can help somebody yeah. anywhere. Like that's the the amazing thing of this. So I love yeah. that. And, and the same thing's been happening for me. You know, you just put one foot in for the other and you feel like this is the way that the universe is calling yeah. me because like, like the everything just seems to be lining up so that's amazing and I, I know there's probably so many people who are going to be so excited to find out about you and what you're doing and and you have so much uh great wisdom to share Thank so you. so um on that note I just wanted to um see ask how can my listener find you if they want to find out more about what you're up to and what you offer yeah. So my website is a great place to go. Elizabethking.com. Um, we're also on Instagram at Elizabeth King underscore coaching. As I mentioned, we have our, we actually do have some group coaching that I didn't mention before, which is an amazing, the outcome from those group coaching sessions. If anybody's out there that wants to join them, the bond that these women build from that is incredible and lives way on way beyond me and the coaching experience that they have because they're able to connect in such a deep way. Um, and again, I always say it's like removing the social media veil so they can see all these people on social media, but once they really get on a zoom call with everybody and we meet weekly and everything, it becomes so much more deeper and so much more valuable and so much more healing to everybody. So I want to mention that too, because I didn't mention that before. And then the uh, Mamas After Miscarriage course, as well as the New Mom Masterclass course, which I didn't mention either, but um, really helping new moms who have no idea what they're getting into to be prepared for what's coming. Because I always say you don't know what you don't know until you're there. And so I just feel like it's such a need for me to help support women being prepared so they can have their baby, feel confident, not feel, you know, so, oh my gosh, what am I, what have I gotten myself into? How do I do this or that? I always say, as long as we can at least have the conversation and you can hear these things before it happens, you'll be able to go into it with more confidence. So we kind of, we review everything from, you know, the benefit of 
red lights in the room for the baby neurologically to uh, all of it. I, I can't even tell you, it's just so much information and so helpful to so many people that are expecting. Um, so yeah, those are the, the places that, um, and all of that can be found on our website too, Elizabeth. You are like everyone's wise best friend who like already knows the good advice to share. Well, <laughs> I had to stumble through it myself and figure it out. And kind of like you, now I just wanted to bring it to everybody to say like, it doesn't need to be that hard and you don't have to be that stressed out. And you know, here it is for you and you're not alone. And that's awesome. And I love the let's connect piece in that, that group that you're talking about, that small group. Yeah. It just sounds so valuable because in all of my journeys that, I mean, it's so great to have coaches and teachers, um, but it's always connecting with those other people that are going through your journey or maybe just one step ahead or behind that um, is so powerful. Yeah, it really is much more than I ever could imagine, honestly. Yeah, man, I wish that that was around when I was <laughs> first yeah. a mama for sure. Yeah. All right, Elizabeth, I was just wanting to open it up to anything else that you might want to share before we close. No, I think that's it. Just thanks for having us. Thanks for making it the community that you're having for people to be able to find resources. I think that's amazing. So Thing. I know you do so much too. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned about beyond social media. I think that's a really um, interesting point. You know, I mean, I think social media certainly serves a, point, a purpose and I love it. Um, but sometimes it's not the best place for everyone who's looking for their healing right now or, yeah. you know, in certain situations. So I like that, you know, we can get real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. Well, thank you so much for getting real with me today. And I like to say to my, um, my guests, uh, I look forward to next time until next time. I can't Absolutely. Wait to again. Okay. All right. Take care, yeah. Elizabeth. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today to learn more about today's guest and a wide range of other wellness professionals. Please visit our global wellness community at wellville.com. W-E-L-V-I-L dot com. I look forward to meeting you next time on the road to Wellville.